From Dragon360, this is Digital Banter, a podcast focused on modern marketing tactics and driving real business results. And now, here are your hosts, James and Zach. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Digital Banter. I'm Zach. Of course, I'm here with me is James. Long time no see, everybody. I, I know. It's been a minute. And I'm back, so don't worry. No more Andy for now. We'll see. We'll see if we bring him back. Um, but I'm back. You know, things are going to run smoothly. It's going to it's going to be a good conversation. Um, James and I wanted to kind of get back in the swing of things. We've been doing a lot of varying, um, you know, guests on here talking about some hot topics that we're seeing either on LinkedIn or some of our dark social groups um, or things that we're talking about internally. Um, and, and really. What we really want to focus on is something that I think James and I have just always been joking about in the background. You know, me and him are having internal meetings. We're talking about it. But really, it's MarTech. It's all this marketing technology that's out there that's being thrown out there that's new and creative and honestly saves you time and money, right? It's those typical things. And so what we really want to talk about is this sweet balance of technology but then also the strategy and execution in really the use of this technology. And I know that's kind of broad. And to be honest, it might actually rustle some feathers of some of our audience uh, because they may be in MarTech. And we're not trying to come here and say MarTech is useless. That is not the point of this. MarTech has purposes. But what we want to talk about is some of our gripes how some companies that we have experienced are using MarTech and buying it or buying it and not using it or understanding it uh, and go down that path. So, James, you read this or you found this interesting study, a Gartner study um, about, you know, marketers and their budgets and where it's going. Do you want to you want to speak on that real quick? Yeah. So and I think this has been out for a little while. Gartner does their CMO study every single year and they break down essentially how marketing budgets are, are being spent and. This year, one of the things that kind of came out, it's, it seems like it's been this way for a while, but it was kind of an eye-opening thing for me, is the fact that more than 25% of marketing, it's 27, 28% of marketing budgets are spent on tech. Hmm. Um, and it was, a pretty, it was a pretty even split between tech people, agencies, et cetera. But I, I do feel like from it was eye opening to me that marketers are spending so much on tech and I can certainly see why that's the case. I think we're in a position now that there's more tech than ever. I mean, us as marketers, like we have a a million different problems that, you know, all the wonderful SaaS companies out there in the world are, are working to solve for us. Um, but I think that there is there is something that gets lost in the sauce there because you know technology in every I feel like one of the things that we talk about the most is like technology isn't perfect and using tools for what they're good for and you know I, I do I struggle with the fact that you know I'm always reluctant to invest in new technology mm-hmm. because. I'll say just again, being from the marketing side, most of the stuff that we deal with is like measurement and attribution technology or some sort of like workflow process technology. And on the workflow process side, I'm of the opinion that everything is pretty unique. And on the tech measurement side, 
I mean, I just feel like that system is so broken that it's impossible to fix at this point. Um, so yeah, I, you know, it was an, it was an interesting thing. And, you know, us as marketers with all the problems that we have, I think we go and we, we are chasing shiny objects. Shiny object syndrome is the, the fuel to the fire of the SaaS industry. Um, and I think that it's just like important that we take a step, we take a step back and, and do the right analysis and create business cases for the technology that we're looking at. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to make this clear too, like we're not in it. We're, we're not innocent here. We, we have also looked at various uses of technology. I mean, in this specific case, this isn't marketing technology, but how many pieces of technology have we gone through in this short period of having a podcast? Right. And I think you said it a couple episodes ago, we're using um, a couple recording tools, editing tools, because you saw an ad, it looked cool. You tried the trial, then you bought an annual pass because it was cheaper, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that's exactly what's happening. And you're talking about this shiny object syndrome. So it's all about finding a balance of, are you actually going to use it? Are you going to take the time to understand how to use it? And at the end of the day, what is the purpose of it? Because I think that's one of the biggest pieces. There's so many tools out there that make our jobs easier. But we first need to understand like the core aspects and the common issues that we actually have. And do we need a solution for those issues? Um, you know, some common ones as marketers um, that I can think of is coming up with new ideas, um, measuring results. Um, I mean, that goes down to just attribution in general, which I know is your favorite thing to talk about on our podcast. Um, but there is a lot of tools that can make our lives easier. And, when I say there's a lot of tools, I mean, if you were to categorize it, there's like four types of tools, right? Um, there's reporting tools, attribution tools, marketing automation tools, which are probably the most common that people know. Um, and then likewise, some of the most popular and I should say up and coming that tend to be everywhere now are these AI tools. Um, so I think it'd be beneficial to kind of lay them out. Um, and then I do want to let you guys all know that James and I are going to talk about some of the tools that we are using uh, and ones that we actually find useful and why we're using them uh, and why other ones we find are just complete bullshit and going to take your money. Um, so some of the tools that we are using now are reporting tools. I feel if you're in any sort of business, whether you are in marketing or you're a business owner that is trying to measure anything, you're reporting you have to have a tool behind it. Now that could be as something as simple as Google analytics. Um, you could go further though, um, into the reporting side of things. Yeah. Well, this is where, you know, us, like I'm a huge fan of reporting tools yep. in the fact that, you know, I, you know, one of the things I'll talk about throughout this entire, um, podcast here is just the idea of balancing the human element and technology. And, the reality is, is reporting is one of those things that can be automated and should be automated. It should be automated in the fact that like, you know, the faster that you can aggregate data and look and slice and dice things different ways, the more effectively your marketing team is going to be able to make decisions based on that data. Um, I think it is some of the, like what you said, like the AI tools that are coming out now that are doing SEO copywriting for you and, um, you know, workflow automations within like email marketing, like things like that. Like 
you know, it's, it's cool. It's helpful. Um, you know, at the same time, like if you're just saving time for like one single person, like I don't, I just don't see, I don't see the value in it. I would rather have another creative human brain on the team versus a reporting tool is going to be something that everybody is going to benefit from. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, talking about the AI tools, some of the ones I've seen coming up that just annoy the living shit out of me is we'll write your ad copy. Okay. If you want me to be honest with you, like Google smart campaigns can do that too. Um, not, it's not good. Yeah, but look at, and it, we're going to get into this a little yeah. bit next week, but like, <laughs> look what, look what Google puts out. hundred um, percent. I mean, that's like my problem with automation. Like, well, this is the problem you know. with MarTech in general. You take the human elements out of it. And at the end of the day, right when we're doing advertising or paid media of some sort, whether it is on Google, uh, LinkedIn, maybe a programmatic aspect, the end user is another human. Like most other humans can understand if they're reading something that doesn't make sense. Uh, You can almost always tell what's coming from an AI. There are some AI out there that are really, really good, but I'm sure they still slip up right? Grammatical errors or like the way a a sentence flows or if things just don't line up how they should in a sentence or the messaging, like it's on point, but almost like if you hit in Google translate like six times, um, that people buy, that's like people buy from people. That's like, um, it's so far. Like, again, we're going to talk like next week, we're going to have a whole session on this, but like bid automation, is like a huge thing in the paid media space. I mean, it's, it's been a huge thing for a while, but yep. the thing that those like bid algorithms don't take into consideration is like the quality of the quality of conversion data that they're reporting against. Like, Oh, look, our responsive display ads got X many leads for us, but it's because the algorithm is optimizing towards a very specific spammy website in Nigeria. That's driving a good CPL, but none of them are quality. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're working on, so they are, of course, technology is always advancing. That's yep. a common complaint that everybody has. Like now there's integrations between Google ads and HubSpot, Google ads and Salesforce. And it's like helping with that kind of stuff. But it is, again, it's like one of those things where I, I think brands are moving so much in this tech space that everything is set it and forget it now. And when you have this set it and forget it mentality, like you need that human element to understand quality. I mean, from an advertising perspective, like I hate, I hate RDAs because they're ugly. Yep. And I feel like every, like I almost feel that they are so ugly that every conversion that's attributed to them is fake because like, I'm sorry, nobody's going to look at this like stock imagery and this AI created text and, and make a decision based off But the of it. algorithm knows what the end user wants and they're going to tailor it to them. That's how it's supposed to work. Right. Yeah. But I again, mean, some... what we're speaking on is you're trusting the AI to understand what a human wants. And now Google's algorithm is phenomenal. I mean, there's a reason Google is the powerhouse it is and why their algorithm and how things work is so protected and what maybe only a couple people on the entire planet truly know the algorithm right? It's almost more secure than the nuclear codes. Um, But like at this point, um, you have to understand that there's only so much 
algorithms can do. Um, humans understand how an image should look. And as an end user of multiple things, right? We were speaking on James, you purchased some things for the podcast. You were an end user for some sort of ad. Like I can tell you, you, you wouldn't have bought something that was misjumbled and oddly put together and random stock guy of a guy thumbs up and a logo type thing. Like, no, you're not, you're not going to do that. Um, and that's something to keep in mind. So we, the ads that I saw for the stuff that we purchased was like pretty damn good. <laughs> like, that's awesome. I mean, there was definitely, there shout was definitely out. some, le- yeah, there was uh, shout out to, to Riverside because I was having like a, a meltdown around <laughs> video quality. Yep. You know, our, our video guys like consult kind of the expert in this stuff. And he's like, Oh, well, you know, you need to download it to an SD card and then upload it to your computer. And I'm like, I'm just trying to shoot a podcast. I don't have eight hours to mash together yep. five different Zandesk discs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's, that is not what I'm going to be doing. That's going to be the end of this podcast. I need to just download to my computer and be in a format that I can edit 10 minutes later. Absolutely. R- Riverside has an ad, like, they're just like, Oh, you know, have good streaming quality up to 4k for all partner parties. I was like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> we tried it, and here we are. I mean, this is what we're recording point, right now. Solve, solves pain point. Yeah, I, I still got some things I need to sort out. Oh, video quality sure. wise, we're both but... learning things with these with this new stuff, and um, we're going to be posting to social medias across you know more often. So be sure to follow us across our socials, whether that's TikTok, Instagram, all that things. Um, you know, shameless plug. But back to kind of what we were talking about, right? So let's say you have all these things. Let's say you are, let's just say a sucker and you have bought AI tools. You have four different AI tools. You have some marketing automation tools. Uh, you have some attribution, you have an attribution tool and you have a reporting tool, right? Some really what it comes down to is now your entire office is using all these tools. What is the point of your employees, right? At this or point, are they, or yeah, what are they doing? Are they, or are they even are they there? Using it? Yeah. Well, well, the question is, are they using it? That's the, absolutely. But that brings up the question, right? What are the biggest headaches of bringing on more tools and tech and adding it to your suite and, and adding it to your workflow, right? Besides the aspect of not knowing how to use it, which you could argue is a factor of those issues, but also people are resistant to resistant to change. I mean, even without tools, people are resistant to change. I mean, I'll be honest, when they were saying they're getting rid of expanded text ads, I was like, why would they do that? Now, I think on some levels, they've addressed some of those things, and we can get into that next week. But at the end of the day, right, those little changes, like people are naturally like, no, I've been doing this for so long, leave it alone. And so, of course, as an employer, if you bring in a new tool, one, you need to fully understand it yourself before you teach your team about it or do a training session together where you can all ask questions together to make it a part of the workflow, right? If you're going to forced use, I'm on board with this forced use, make it, make it happen. I know in a remote setting, it's hard to be like walking behind their desk and being like, Hey, what you doing? What are you using? But there's some level where most things you can understand and track people's time and how they're using it, or you can tell based on what the tool is for. So that's one as well. Um, The other one comes down to, it's troubleshooting, which I think goes in the aspect of learning something new. Um, 
if you don't have someone, or let's say you purchase, and this most happens, I think, with marketing automation tools in our experience. Let's say some, they decide to buy Eloqua or HubSpot um, on those aspects. Are you going to hire someone who understands how to use these to its at least most capabilities? I'm not going to argue full capabilities. There's a lot of capabilities in there. But are you going to hire someone with experience in it that's utilized it um, in efficient ways more than just being a, a, a simple user? There's a lot of things these tools can do. And if you don't hire the team behind it, it's just collecting dust in the cloud, right? Um, and they're not cheap. So... Well, it's fine. And this goes everywhere from, you know, startups to enterprise level companies. Yep. I think we're, you know, again, this is like agency pet peeve. Like you have all of our, like a lot of our clients use Salesforce. Yep. And I feel like nobody, like nobody on the marketing team really knows how to use any, anything, knows how to use anything in there. Yep. So it's like, oh, like we need to get this done. Well, okay, well, let's go to our Salesforce admin and they have a full team of Salesforce people because the tool is that complicated. Um, you know, make, I think that to your point, like, well, think about it on LinkedIn and I, I haven't gone too deep. They have job titles you can target of Salesforce engineer. Yeah. It is almost a level of engineering maybe you don't have a full-on you know masters or something like that in engineering for it but like they are called engineers that's not that's a rigorous title like salesforce is so big yeah. so salesforce is obviously the extreme example but i think this this comes back to something we talked about in our our last podcast is you know let's step back and take the marketing perspective on like all these they're trying to sell us these tools like you said the biggest um, barrier to entry is that resistance to change. Yep. And that resistance to change comes from the fact that I don't know how to use this tool. That's, that's exactly where it comes from. Yep. And for anybody in any new piece of software, AI, whatever it is, like you have to completely learn a new interface, Yep. how that interface works, what it all is, like what are all the technical things that go along with it? Because a lot of these tools also come with, I'm going to say baggage, like, because startups are putting products to market so fast that solve for a very specific thing, but haven't thought of, oh, well, the integration with this or the, the minor technical nuances. Mm -hmm. And as a consumer and somebody who would be interested in those things, like I need... I need to know that information before, before I get started. Oh, absolutely. And um, like, that's, I think if, if more of these companies could offer like onboardings and trainings to teams, like they would probably have higher product adoption. Absolutely. So like, you know, James specifically, we have a couple clients who utilize HubSpot. Um, I would say it's probably one of the more popular, if not the most popular marketing automation tool. You could argue probably Marketo is up there as well. Um, yeah. But HubSpot's very popular. They've been around for a while. They have pretty good market dominance. We have a lot of teams and clients that are utilizing it in some fashion that we go in and set things up for them. And we're not HubSpot experts. Do we know our way around to do things that we need to happen? Yeah, we've kind of had to force ourselves to that level. I'll be honest, James, you probably know more than I do um, on that. And 
I don't know even know what that level is, but at the, it's scary. Um, at the end of the day, the biggest question I have is why do they even have it at this point? If we're having to come in and do, what if we weren't here? What if we weren't your agency? Would another agency or another marketing partner be able to do this for you? You're going to hire someone. And, and this isn't an, a question that has to have an answer because I don't think there is a perfect answer for that. But this is just a prime example of like, this is something we actively do for our clients um, on that level is because they don't have it set up. Um, it's just been sitting there, you know, collecting e-dust. And yeah. we went in and wiped it off, you know, got some of that pledge, wiped it up and cleaned it up a little bit. But well, it's funny because HubSpot has HubSpot has the resources. Huge. Like if there's one thing that like HubSpot, <laughs> yes. like HubSpot has it, thing. But again, if you are a startup yep. and you don't have all these resources built out, think about like there are companies out there that have HubSpot, very popular tool, best resources, learning center that possibly I've ever seen for a tech software. And people still like don't use it. So think just like the barrier to entry there is like you bring on people to use this tool. Because again, I don't think that brands are thinking about this that often because like, again, especially like startups, it's like, how do we, how do we get the initial sale? But these are huge things that lead to customer lifetime value. You know what we do? Like, you know what we do as an agency every year? We go through the tools that we have at the end of the year and we literally just kill stuff based on whether or not we used it. Yep. Because we do like, I think part of, part of being an agency, one of the unique selling points of having an agency is that we're going to have tools that you're not going to have in house. Right. So like for us, there is added motive to explore, look at different tools, test different tools. But, you know, at the end of the year, it's like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, this seemed really cool and thought we thought it would solve this problem. But the reality is it's like we used it for one thing throughout the entire year. And then absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing as well um, that I think is important to talk about, there's tools that we use that we rely on heavily and actually reliancy it. Is that a word? Reliancy, I'm going to make it a word, um, is something that is also an added headache, right? You become super reliant on these tools. Um, You know, for example, I think we're very reliant on Google Analytics. I think that's something that I think most marketers will say that they're pretty reliant on. Um, Again, huge market share. There's other analytic tools. Google Analytics is probably the most popular, right? Don't need to get into that. We're very reliant on it. Something breaks, it's kind of like an oh shit moment. Um, we don't have, you know, either a backup or, Hey, we got to fix this right away. It's, it's a very much an urgency thing. And so on that note, there's some things that we actively rely on, um, in, in tools that break a lot. Um, and we talk about it, but attribution is the biggest, one of the biggest pain in the ass conversations to have, but it's because attribution reporting can break quite often. Oh yeah. There's, um, especially like the larger the organization, the more chaotic it can be, right? Like you have the, the web team released a version of the website from like a year ago and all the coding got stripped. Right. And then for us as an agent, you know, we're say we're working on an e-commerce brand and revenue went to zero. Right. So now like our revenue went to zero and you want to see like, as this kind of trickles down and affects everything, like, 
okay, so we have conversion tracking set up that are now automated bidding algorithms are using that conversion data, but now those are broken because they have no data to optimize off of. And then like it just shit rolls downhill. Um, and that's like being overly reliant on tech is, is definitely a concern, especially as things become more automated and more reliant on that tech. So like when it breaks, it makes things 10 times worse. I would use paid search as an example, right? Where prior to, so performance max campaigns, oh my goodness, these things just came out. There have been essentially Google's campaigns. Save it for where, next week. Save it for next I'm week. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, but like, I just want to talk about like how this, again, shit rolls yep. downhill. You know, traditionally, and we as an agency, I like still like search is a, search is a very effective way to capture demand for people who are already searching for your products or services. Right. Yep. And strategically, when you have a human behind that, you could say, okay, yeah, our conversion tracking broke, but all of the keywords that we're targeting are the same. All of the placements that are targeting the same, like it didn't just stop driving results because conversion tracking broke. Right. That's not what happened. Now you roll that into a performance max campaign where you have no control over where your ad is showing, what your messaging in your ad is, um, what keywords you're showing up for. Like you have no control over anything. You're just saying like, here, Google, throw this in your little black box and spit out results for me. Like that's all well and good. If it's like optimizing towards your conversion, that conversion breaks, you're just going to have a wild west free for all. And you really don't know if your stuff is still working where on search, like you could at least go back and say like, Oh yeah, it's still, still serving. Those are there's still the right keywords on paid social. You can say, Hey, we're still serving our message to our ICP. Like it's not yeah. like that stuff isn't, isn't going to break versus in this future of automation. I mean, who knows? No, for sure. One thing that, you know, if things are properly set up on some level, you may not have the physical reporting aspect or the attribution aspect, but again, utilizing both teams here, right? You should be able, especially if it's an e-commerce aspect, just because reporting or attribution stops, at the end of the day, if a purchase happens, a purchase happens, right? It still goes through there, has to either be shipped or delivered in some digital format, right? So you can at least track that and hopefully attribute it back. Now, of course, it makes it hard, but you can still prove, hey, our stuff didn't stop, attribution stopped, but you're still seeing a constant flow of purchases or leads or things. So, you know, there's multiple levels to this, as James was talking about. Um, I think we've kind of talked about some gripes for for a little bit now. Um, (laughs) I think what we we should share is some of the core things that we find are valuable, um, not necessarily has to be a necessity, but is highly recommended to be a part of, let's say, your MarTech suite or just technology suite in general. Um, Getting down to the basics, CRM, right? You need to be able to keep track of your customers, you know, on some level, prospects, leads. Um, Even you could even talk about, you know, prospective lists of just lists you've generated, right? I think that's one of the biggest... uh, necessity. I think that's almost a necessity. I would say that's a pretty big, I mean, this is, uh, your CRM is how you measure revenue. Yep. Right. Like that's, that's how you get to see who your customer, I mean, that is where you house all of your first party data and 
with cookies going away and like all that stuff that we talk about all the time, your CRM is, is, is your piece of gold That's at the end your of the day because it tells you who your customers are, why they purchase, when they purchase, who they spoke to, conversations with them. I mean, the tools do a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I, I think we're beating a dead horse here. Every company knows they need a CRM. But from a marketing perspective, you got to remember how important that information is. Absolutely. Um, another one um, that I think helps speed up a lot of tasks and make life easier, especially on someone who does this on a monthly level, is automated reporting. Um, which I think goes in line with an aspect of attribution technology. You need to have, you need to be able to understand when you are, let's say, building a report, reporting data, understanding the entire journey of the data. Where did things start? Where did things end? What happened in the middle? Where are we seeing failures? Where are we seeing, you know, pros, cons? What, what is working? What isn't working? Right. We've talked about all of this in various attribution and, um, conversation. So I won't get into the nitty gritty, but really, you know, automated reporting and attribution technology, I think are two of the more, again, not necessities, but highly recommended attribution, I would say on a very higher level of necessity. Um, automated reporting is just very nice as opposed to having to do everything manual and dig into the numbers yourself. So let, let's actually, let's, I want to dive into attribution a little bit because yeah. we did complain about it. We talked about the the technology a little bit, but there's really three things that you need in there. You use them for different purposes, right? You have yep. attribution through your CRM, yep. which is probably the most important thing because it is telling you what content is driving revenue. Um, you know, I, I think that that's just like super important, right? Hey, like, you know, all of this revenue came from our demo. All of this revenue came from our free trial. All of this revenue came from somebody who just wanted to talk to sales. But this, but what, what your CRM is going to tell you is what offers of yours are effective so that you can funnel more marketing activities around those specific um, call to actions, whatever you want to call them, right? Um, so that's one most important the in-platform attribution for like ad platforms, email marketing, all of that stuff is also still important, right? It's it's not, we, we complain about it a lot. We say it's not good, cookies going away. Like it's still good enough for you to make a decision, right? So like if you're optimizing your LinkedIn campaigns, like you can say, hey, we are struggling to convert this audience, but this audience is converting better. So let's funnel more money into that audience and work on adjusting our creative for this audience to try to create something that resonates more. Um, you know, whether your CPA metric for whatever is perfect. No, it's, it's not, it's probably, it's actually typically probably going to be underreported because of just lost tracking. Um, but at least you have the decision to make data the data to make decisions off of. And, um, you know, it, it, it still works for that. And then the last piece is the self-reported attribution. Um, I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this because it's going to basically pick up everything else that's missing, right? You're never going to see attribution to a podcast, organic social, um, 
you know, dark funnel stuff. Like you're not going to see the attribution for that, but you, where you are going to see the attribution for that is in the self-reported attribution. So a lot of people say, oh, hey, we heard about Dragon 360 because of the podcast. Okay, well, that's good. Even though you showed up as organic search or paid search or whatever it may be in Google Analytics. Yep. So again, focuses on telling you the why of something that happened versus, you know, hey, this person came to our website. Absolutely. No, I think those are three great points. Um, I think where we can also help here is um, how do we make these tech decisions? You know, James, I, I'm not a part of the conversation, um, but I know you were saying at the end of the year, you and other uh, members of the team, you go through various things. We'd either purchase, subscribe to, whatever, make decisions. Um, and of course, I think in 2022, we internally have, I would say, slowed down uh, on that level. Um, but not in a bad case. Um, and so I kind of want to get into how we make tech decisions. You know, James, I know we talk a lot about different tools, different things like that in our, in our meetings. But um, I think one of the biggest ones is, is there really a need? And I think if you were to think of this as, let's say, as a manager or a business owner or even just a startup with multiple founders, whatever, right? You need to look at it almost as the same case of, should we hire a new employee? And you need to create the list, right? Um, what is going to be the use of this employee? What purpose are they going to be fulfilling? Can this person or piece of technology fulfill these duties that we need to happen, right? And if you look at it as like this business case of employee versus technology, that'll give you a better, at least understanding in your own mind of, one, am I going to fully utilize this piece of technology? Is it worth my investment? Three, what is it going to do for me internally? What can it take either off my plate or how can it take my business to the next level or department if we were to get really granular, right? Yeah. And my, there's so much that goes into this and there's a couple of things, right? So price point is obviously yep. one of the most important factors when making a decision, right? So like, let me put it this way. If we're this recording software that we're using for this podcast, like, no, I'm not comparing that against the employee versus, you know, some of the attribution technology that's out there now is a couple thousand dollars a month. And it's like, okay, is it worth a couple thousand dollars a month to get 10% more accuracy? And that, those are like, those are the decisions that you have to weigh yeah. when making decisions. But the big thing that I always look for, because again, being in you know, more of a senior manager position, yep. a lot of these tools are brought to me saying like, Hey, it would be really nice to have this. It would be really nice if we could do this. And you know, what I typically ask for our, our team, where was bringing the idea together is to put together the business case for it um, and put together, you know, because again, what we talk about all the software is about, saving time and money, right? So I need you to put together a presentation for me on how this is going to save us time and money and why it's, why it's worth, why it's worth our investment. And as an agency, a thing for me too, is like, how am I going to make money off of it? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, some of the things that I really look for is like, are more than, is what more than one person going to benefit from this? You know, something like a automated reporting tool, everybody will benefit. 
is going to benefit from something like a copywriting tool. You know, we have team members that are really good copywriters. We have team members who struggle with copy. Like how many, I need to know, is this going to help everybody or is this going to help a select one person? Yeah, exactly. And then I have to weigh out the cost against what that looks like. Um, is it, is it difficult to use? I, I think that that's like a huge, again, this is the number one pain point for SaaS companies. Is your stuff difficult? Not even is it difficult to use. It's new, different. Like, what are you going to do to make me being able to use this software super easy? Or be able to also train your, your direct reports or the people that will directly yeah. be using it. As a decision maker, I think that's something that's important for you. Um, yeah. Right. When you make decisions is, hey, is Zach or someone else on the team, one, going to be able to use this to want to use this? Of course, yeah. there is the aspect of forcing someone to use something. But three, um, is it even worth their time to try and learn all these nuances when it's going to save them, let's say, maybe 10 seconds of work? Right um, now, hopefully a piece of technology is going to save you more than 10 seconds. But at the end of the day, you know, that is something you factor um, the time to remember the time to build up to that point, too. Right. Absolutely. Like, I, I understand that there's going to be a learning period, but let me put it this way. Like our reporting tool that we use for data aggregation, I feel like I'm still learning. Like, oh, my gosh. Of it. Man, I same here. Anytime I got to build something new, I'm just like, hey, what's this? It's almost like shiny object syndrome in, inside the tool. And I'm like, I really wish someone would have told me about this instead of having to build my own formula for this. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that I discover yeah. too. We do have someone on the team, luckily, who I deem our expert. But even then, I feel like he's still learning things. Um, and it speaks back to, like, where are the resources? Now, you can always reach out. I'm sure there is some sort of resource somewhere, but do you want us to spend an hour to try and find that resource or, you know, different things like that? Um, I think a big one as well with a lot of technology solutions is, and I've noticed this with even our clients that are SaaS based is the, the, the terms, um, things that are more, I think easier to understand and, try are those that you can do on a monthly basis, right? I think most marketing technology wants you to do annual, right? And I think that's one of the biggest ones is it's hard to digest a new piece of technology that you may or may not know much about outside of maybe a sales conversation, maybe an ad, maybe a group of ads that you've read. Maybe, maybe you did peruse the website a little bit or do some sort of free trial, but an annual subscription, especially if there's a contract behind it where there might be some cancellation issues, I think that's hard to take a leap on. I think that is probably one of the biggest deterrents um, from my understanding of why we look at technology a little differently as well. Uh, you know, what was nice, I believe Riverside and one of our editing tools, um, they had monthly options, right? I think we went the annual route just because we saved it, it. One, it wasn't super expensive for the annual, from my understanding. But two, I mean, you save money. So there was that value there. And we knew we were going to use them because we were looking for something exactly for this. Yes. Solve the issue. Um, but let's say you are... HubSpot coming to me, I'm a startup, you want an annual contract and I'm like, I've never used you before. Now I have to hire someone who maybe does know how to use it. That's a lot. That's a big commitment. 
Yeah, something like that. I get that there's a big, it's a big investment and there's a big commitment, but for here's where I struggle with, again, mm-hmm. us as an agency, our contracts are month to month or quarterly. That's how they're structured, right? If uh, there's a new attribution tool that I want to test for one of my e-commerce clients, I can only commit to a contract that is what my follows my my clients because that client drops and I'm not I'm not sitting on that tool for a year, right? Um, so I don't know. Month month to month is always is always the best thing. Um, I mean. If you're committing to HubSpot or Salesforce, like that's kind of a a different scenario. Maybe that but even wasn't like, the best example in this case, but the idea is there. Yeah, no, for sure. I I get it, and that's where like you know committing to like I, I am a big fan of like having a year long commitment versus a month to month commitment. Like again, being agency side, and this is not something. This is something that we talk about offering or doing all the time, but we have clients that we've worked with for like four or five years. Like at this point, like we have four, it doesn't really matter to us because they've stuck around. They like working with us. I mean, some, some clients, even I think we have clients that have been around for nine, 10 years. Um, but like, I would love to go to that client and say like, Hey, you know, I'll give you 10% off. If you just sign for the whole year, you've been a client for 10 years. Like, you're going to change that? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, versus, or even, you know, giving that option after one year, but I would never go in with like, Hey, you're brand new. You just started working with us. You know, do you want to sign a year long contract? Because, you know, we need proof of concept first. So, I, I mean, as we've been talking about, I, I, there's a lot of things with marketing technology that you have to consider, um, we've been talking about, you know, pros, cons, things we recommend, things we use internally um, and, and what we really find necessity inside of an organization, whether it's small, large corporation, whatever, right, global. Um, but I think, you know, in summary, bringing this to a close, you can't replace the human side of marketing. Um, I think that's probably the most important thing to take from this is that humans buy from humans. And I think you nailed that perfectly earlier on when you said that, because it is so true. Yes, tech can save time. And that's not a bad thing, but it rarely adds the creativity, the insightfulness, the ideas that can prosper from working hands-on yourself. So you have to use them in conjunction and make sure that that the technology is really just there to help you be better at what you're doing now not necessarily fully replace your entire job, right? You could argue the automated reporting may may counter argue that, but at the end of the day, we've shared why we like automated reporting. Um, again, we've made this very clear. People buy from people. This is true across almost any market, whether you are e-commerce, a retail storefront, but specifically you know, in B2B markets. When you're targeting the other businesses, you're going to be meeting with a higher-up leader who's going to want to talk to someone who's very real and can speak to their exact pain points of why they may actually utilize you. Um, And at the end of the day, we've talked about this a lot with, with attribution and reporting, how much data do you really need? How accurate does it really need to be? Nothing will ever line up. You know, James has said that a million times across our probably what, 15 episodes now, the data is never going to line up one-to-one. You have to take it, at that level. 
but it gives you a better understanding and you don't need to get way, way deep in the weeds of too much data in front of you where you get lost yourself. So I think we were to summarize it, right? Be smart with your technology. Yes, we all have shiny object syndrome. Literally, we talked about how James has it for our specific podcast and things we've utilized. When it comes down to other things, I am the exact same way. So it's it's in all of us. We just have to be smart about how we look at it. Be smart for your business. Um, and if I were to close with anything, I think the, the, the key thing here is you cannot replace the human side of marketing. And I think that is that needs to be a t-shirt. We'll add that to our collection. Can't replace the human side of marketing. So thank you so much for joining us. As we alluded to next week, we're going to have actually, I believe, two guests um, with us that are from our internal team as well um, that we're going to be talking about. Well, the Google, where it's at, where it was, and really what we think the the future of Google and search marketing is. Um, And I think it's going to be a fun conversation. So we hope to hear and see from you next week. And uh, be sure to follow us across, again, all of our socials, because we're going to be posting there more often of easy to digest little clips for you. So thanks so much and have a good one. Thanks for listening to Digital Banter. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are uploaded every Friday. In the meantime, keep up with the show by following James and Zach on social media. Links are in the show notes.